Hey there, and welcome to the Fedora Podcast. My name is Eric, the IT Guy Hendricks, and this is episode number 25. Today, we're going to be talking about the uh, Fedora website overhaul project, uh, project 3.0, in fact. And uh, to do so, I brought in a couple of friends and uh, want to bring them on and uh, introduce them to you, and we'll get started today. Uh, if my thing will click. There we go. All right. Hey. So welcome. Welcome. So uh, why don't why don't we go around the horn here and uh, do some introductions and then we'll talk about uh, the Fedora Project website. Mo, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm Mo. I'm a UX designer at Red Hat. Um, I've been with Red Hat for a very long time and I've worked with um, Fedora and the Fedora design team for a very long time. And um, I designed the new Fedora logo. And that was sort of part of the impetus for this whole project getting kicked off. So that's kind of my background. And, and we're, we're, we're trying to set a precedent here. So what do, you, what do you do for your day job? What do you do for Fedora? And then what do you do for fun? So for my day job, I'm a UX designer at Red Hat, um, currently doing a lot of work on Podman Desktop. And um, for fun, um, I like to learn languages. So I've been learning Irish Gaelic for the past few years. And I am also, I, I restored my great uncle's fiddle and I'm trying to learn Irish fiddle. So. Oh, awesome. We, we won't ask you to break it out and, and play live on the air. I'm in the office anyways, not here. So you, you're spared. <laughs> <laughs> Ashlyn, how about you? Uh, yeah. So I'm Ashlyn. I'm a developer, UI researcher or UX researcher. Can't even say it. <laughs> and a UI designer. I do a little bit of all things front end and a bit of back end uh, with a strong focus on Jamstack. Um, so that's kind of some stuff I do uh, for work. Um, I'm also now recently a scrum master at a teaching place or at, at a learning place. I can really talk today. Um, <laughs> Words are difficult. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, so what I do for work, I design websites, I code websites, and I run user tests, and I teach. And then what I do for Fedora, lately not very much, because uh, I've been kind of switching up some of my, my jobs after a couple contracts that I had with Red Hat ended up. Um, but when I am working with them, I'm mostly working on websites and stuff like that. And then for fun, I really like skateboarding and longboarding especially longboarding. That's become a big passion of mine recently. And I um, I used to be a musician, because like, I still am, but I was a professional drummer for quite a few years, and I still play a little bit. And uh, along with your um, fiddle playing, I can play mandolin sometimes. So we can play the Irish washerwoman together. <laughs> and awesome. I like video games. Yeah, I had to... Uh... I imagine our live audience is going to be light today just because uh, probably everyone is out playing Diablo 4. Um, I, I I will admit there's I have plans this evening. So, uh, But uh, yeah, big gamer, big... Uh, not, not so much a musician, but I did uh, lighting design for a number of years uh, before I had kids. Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. But I'm I'm feeling like the next flock we should like put together a fedora band and between all of us nerds and musicians and whatnot, we'd we probably have uh, quite quite the uh, production we could put put together. Well the next <laughs> flock sure. is in Cork, Ireland, so Hey, well there you go. You're <laughs> learning Irish music. So this is this is great. 
Um, actually, Mo, uh, before we dive into our topic, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about Flock before we get uh, get get going? Sure. So I think um, I might have the dates not exactly memorized. It's the first week of August in Cork, Ireland. It's a free event. Um, multiple days. Um, the call for papers just recently opened. So if you go to flock2fedora.org, I believe you can get all the information. Um, and I believe on the Fedora community blog, it's uh, communityblog.fedoraproject.org. Either today or very soon, Justin is going to post an update with a lot of information about the venue and things like that. So it's definitely a good conference to go to. It's been a long time since I've been able to go in person because of babies. So <laughs> I'm very excited um, about the possibility. I might go. I might not go. We'll find out. Awesome. So yeah, that that is the in-person uh, contributor conference, and that's coming up here in just a f- well, kind of a feels like just a few weeks. Um, funny enough, I just got back uh, last week from Red Hat Summit, and that already feels like it was an eternity ago, so time is moving by very quickly. And, and speaking of things that are have been uh, have been flying by quickly, um, it seems like just a few days ago or a few years ago, I'm not sure which, Fedora Linux 38 dropped. And so it was the latest iteration of our beloved Fedora Linux. And along with that, we had a, an additional surprise. I, I don't know that many people knew this was coming, but uh, I, I, I knew because I, uh, I was planning this episode. But, uh, uh, but along with Fedora Linux 38, we actually dropped a whole bunch of updates to our web properties. And uh, so I want to talk a little bit today about what, what was involved, what all changed, what are we hoping to accomplish moving forward. So why don't, uh, in fact, I've, I, I happen to have it here. So um, Mo, Ashlyn, you, you want to talk a little bit about what, uh, what changed and, uh, and what we're looking at? Do you want to go, Ashlyn, or should I? Well, you can take it. <laughs> okay, so um, I can say, because I was partially responsible for it, that the, the old setup of the websites was a bit of a mess with the subdomains, um, and apparently that's not good for search engine optimization and other reasons. Um, And it was getting kind of confusing. Um, There was an effort, I will say there was intent there that was, you know, uh, I don't know, it was not dumb um, to try to kind of have an area that was aimed at users on our web properties and then have an area that was aimed at contributors because we would get feedback that all of our web properties were very they were a little too technical or a little too contributor oriented and it made it more difficult for somebody who, Hey, I'm just a user here to be able to approach Fedora and starting to use it. So that kind of was the birth of the the Fedora brochure website is what we called it. And that was getfedora.org. And it basically just had like, these are the Fedora editions, the downloads for each, you know, some basic information about using Fedora and not too much on the community side. The community side was basically, well, it was meant to be a online collaborative platform that tied in together all of the various pieces of the Fedora infrastructure that makes Fedora go, like um, the the package build service and the update service and chat and all these different things. That project, for various reasons, actually never happened. Like, we had made progress towards it, but then we ended up kind of 
giving up on it. So um, in essence, fedoraproject.org was pointing at the Fedora Project Wiki. And to be a contributor in the Fedora community, you would have to be aware of like all of these different properties. Um, You would have to be aware of the various infrastructure apps and they all have subdomains like bodhi.fedoraproject.org and koji.fedoraproject.org. You'd have to be aware of the chat system. You'd have to be aware of the mailing list. Like there were a lot of different things that you would just have to know and they weren't tied together. Like there was no one place and the wiki was a wiki. So not, not really the best place to start out if you're a new contributor and excited. And the other issue that we had is that the brochure site didn't have a lot of on-ramps into the contributor side. So, you know, Hey, you're trying out Fedora and it's great. And Hey, Oh, I'd like to get involved. There was no door for you to go through to do that. So what we were trying to do is sort of bring the two sides back together and try to do it in a way that is, we didn't want to be pushy, like, oh my God, you have to be a contributor, but just more like, hey, if you wanted to contribute, you know, here's an idea of how you could do that. And to have them in one sort of global menu, the contributor side and the user side, so that you could sort of see all of the resources that were available, say for contributors, rather than have to memorize URLs or Google for them. Um, so that was one aim of the project was basically to reunify all of these properties that we had popping up every day, like weeds on the web. Ashlyn, you want to weigh in as, as well? Yeah, totally. Um, and this, this was a really big part of the, the navigation revamp. And that was something that I focused on quite a bit when we were still doing a lot of the design work and just trying to figure out how to way to build a nav bar that would be like, quick enough to move through and still have all the content that would be able to help people be able to get around. That was a a really key objective there. And then in the long run to be able to build a version of it that can be exported to sites that aren't uh, hosted on this in the same repo as the Fedora websites are. So we actually had a a question here in chat that, uh, that it's a beautiful segue into, uh, into what I wanted to ask next, but let's, let's uh, bring up JE's question here. Is it developing room zero or has a, does it have a CMS beside it? I'm curious about what developing from zero means. Does that mean just like starting from scratch? So here's my thought. Back when I started in IT, uh, websites were, were HTML. That's that's all you had, HTML, CSS. And so you got to write every single border, every single line of text, uh, all from scratch. And that would be absolutely miserable with as gorgeous and as complicated, uh, and, and I mean that in a, in a positive way, as websites are today. Um, so is, is this something that f- the Fedora community has built from the ground up, or is there some open source projects that are, are running underneath? Uh, <clears throat> kind of a complicated answer. So... The Fedora websites were built using Nuxt.js, and that's Nuxt 3. So they they had released the newer version of Nuxt, which is built on Vue 3. Uh, shortly before we started laying down code, the stable version of that came out. Uh, so we jumped on that to be able to use something that would still feel similar to, to HTML. Writing in Vue isn't too far away from what a beginner web developer might be learning. Um, but it, it allows for hybrid rendering and things like that. So unlike just having a single page application, which isn't great for uh, SEO readings and it's not awesome for people that have low bandwidth and stuff like that, we kind of found this as a medium room that would allow us to be able to build the more complicated stuff that we may want to build and needed to with the current mockups, while as well keeping uh, system resources down 
it was built from the ground up, but it was also built with a CMS. We ended up using, it was previously called Netlify CMS, and they had changed the branding on that shortly around when we deployed it. And I'm spacing on the name that they had switched to, so we'll have to look that up. But um, yeah, so what we we did is we didn't want to use a CMS like WordPress. We could have used that headless, uh, but then there we felt that there was going to be a lot of uh, confusion between using WordPress just as a content editor and not having it in control of the visual layout. So instead, we used this Git-based one, which we also really liked because it kept the workflow really close to what the developers and everyone on the team were already used to. Uh, so we didn't we didn't want to add any new steps. We wanted to reduce the amount of steps, but we still wanted to make it so people who had very low tech knowledge uh, would be able to edit things like the pictures and the text strings and stuff like that. So what this CMS is, is a really simple web-based interface where you can edit strings. We've set up all of the YAML fields and whatnot that feed into the website. So, yeah, someone can uh, change up the information there, and that'll edit all the YAML files, which stores the page content, which could also be edited manually. So we also tried to avoid um, incurring too much tech debt. So if the CMS system itself goes, that's fine. We have all the YAML files with all the key value pairs of the information in it. And that's kind of why we put together this sort of variation of a Jamstack architecture for the websites. And it's really nice how when you make a change to the text in the CMS, and you have no idea really this is going on under the under the covers, but you're going into the UI, you're updating text, you're updating image. In the background, it's filing a pull request on our GitLab. And so everything is trackable. And like you said, Ashlyn, if the CMS goes away, everything can just be done with Git. That's awesome. And you, you weren't kidding. The very complicated answer. But I mean, this this pulled in a lot of the about pages, um, a lot of the download pages. I mean, there there wasn't much that this uh, this particular property update didn't touch. Mm-hmm. So I imagine a process this complicated uh, took quite a bit of time. All in all, how long would you say it took to get to, uh, to Fedora website 3.0? What's that like a year and a half? years and that's that's for implementation i think the the design was a twinkle in my eye over two years ago <laughs> right <laughs> and, and who who all was on, on involved obviously you had graphic designers you had to have infrastructure teams that are managing all of this who who all had their hands in uh and um, managing the upgrade you want to start with maybe the, the the pre-coding phases and then i'll jump into the the coding and non-phases yeah. yeah, okay, that's fair enough. So I guess the things kicked off when we had the new Fedora logo. And um, I kind of think things started off with a discussion with Matthew Miller, who's the Fedora project leader, um, and sort of like we were changing up how we wanted to position Fedora. Um, you might see a slogan on like the bottom of the pages or in some areas, Fedora, it's your OS. And you see on the front splash, it'll say like it's your da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like has an animated thing. And the idea about it is why would you use Fedora? Because you can contribute back and you can have some ownership of it. It's, you know, an open, open source project. Um, so we wanted to sort of change the branding to reflect that. And we wanted to change the branding and the look to reflect the new logo. Um, it's a one color logo, uh, unlike our other logo, slightly brighter colors. So we were kind of going for that kind of bright and clean and 
minimal kind of branding look. Um, so I just started doing mock-ups. I started with the workstation mock-up, which I could show um, if you wanted to share that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's this one was the first one. Oh, except I clicked something. Sorry. I think Where you clicked it, it and it decided to refresh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's rude. Um <laughs> Yeah, if you're watching oh, live, feel free to, to put some questions into chat or um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how you can get involved here. If you're watching this after the fact, here please put is. your questions into, com in, into the comments below. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure that uh, we check those and, and share, uh, share some answers to your questions. So I don't think it likes me, but it's this one right here. This is our, this is our PenPot site. We used PenPot to manage a lot of the, the UX design assets for this project. Um, PenPot is a open source um, online UI design tool, which is, it's just incredible. And it, it came out around the timeline we were starting this process. So we kind of started at ground zero with PenPot. And as it's been updating and getting new features, we've been using them. But it's been a great way to manage a collaborative open source design project because you know i could invite people into this space and they could see the designs that were pre-existing and import components from designs that had already been made to use them for their own designs so we were able to sort of divvy up the website that way and do the design work that way so like you'll see here i started with the workstation design and then um, Emma Kidney, who's a member of my team, she picked up the CoreOS and she, she picked up a lot of these, actually, the IoT and um, server. So, um, you know, there was a lot of collaboration on the actual visuals. But I would say that in the early pre-implementation stages, we really kind of started with the workstation as sort of because that's I would say, I think fairly, that that's probably our most um, popular edition of Fedora. So we started with that. And once implementation got started on that, we started um, working with other groups within Fedora to get information on their particular additions to design their, their mockups. So then Ashlyn, do you want to cover sort of what that handoff to development looked like? For sure. And that, that was a really exciting time for the web sites and apps team because we were pretty new as far as Fedora teams go and we were kind of getting our bearings and understanding what our objectives were and whatnot. But the Fedora web and apps team uh, jumped on top of this and we had contributors uh, from all over. A lot of people were really new. We had some people that had some experience with design or were just starting out with web development. A few folks who had come from uh, just different areas of development and hadn't done too much web stuff in a while. And it was really cool because we were able to get some of the designers to be able to put their, some of their first commits of code into the website, as well as uh, system administrators who hadn't done website stuff since, uh, I think the one guy was saying HTML3 or HTML2. <laughs> I can relate. So, so it was really, really exciting. The team um, kind of grew quite a bit during this process. And we had React developers. We had, yeah, just people all over the place that were getting in and learning about the framework that we're using and developing it. So the, the websites and apps team was the main contributor, uh, but this is also like, there's a stronger connection built between the design team and then the web and apps team who were, I feel like a little bit more separated. And then we started being at each other's meetings and engaging with each other's work. So this effort really brought together those two teams in particular, and also, uh, connected us with other like the additions groups that you were talking about that uh, 
we were getting feedback from on what their new pages were going to look like. So yeah, there's the, the, the main core teams that worked on it, our community-based uh, user testers that we invited for some sessions when we were testing and building out the, the new CMS, as well as um, user testers from when we were testing the navigation. So yeah, we had testers, we had coders, and then we, we had designers, and then we had the uh, community members that were representing the various sites that we made. Hmm. Huge, huge undertaking. Very, very in- involved, and over over a year and a half to two years. And mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, it's the 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 website looks amazing. Uh, it's it's clean. It's sleek. It, it's easier to navigate. Of course, being the guy who used to use Google Search as his bookmark manager, uh, I'd, I've kind of been retraining myself to use the menu system because it is so much easier than jumping back out <laughs> to a search engine. To Now, how do I get to that page again? Okay, well, the search engine knows. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I mean, the menus, it, it all flows really, really well. Uh, Ashlyn, I, there's a question here. It's probably for you. Uh, were there any challenges that came up because you're trying to stick to free and open source software or are there proprietary bits in the new site? From what I know, there's nothing proprietary. Um, there might be some like proprietary or not fully open source. We didn't even really use a lot of libraries. We tried to keep it pretty limited. So as far as I know, and at the time that I left, no, we kept it as close to a FOSS principle uh, project and on the design side too, the tooling that we use is 100% open source as the Fedora design team always does. And it's never been an issue. It's actually a massive asset because, you know, we'll have volunteers from the community coming to try to learn design by joining our team, or they just want to help out. And, you know, maybe they don't have money for a creative cloud license. They don't need it because we're using free and open source tools. So it actually makes it more Uh, It makes it so that people can more easily join the team and participate using the same tools. Hmm. Yeah, there's nothing like being able to uh, to download an entire suite of tools and and just know that it's open source and and get started. Especially uh, like Mo, when when we're getting ready to launch the video aspect of this podcast, you you sent me like screenshots and a couple of videos that you recorded that kind of walked me through the steps to build the banners for the uh, Fedora podcast page and. Uh, and it's it's like there's no way that I would go out and spend hundreds of dollars or fifteen dollars a month or, or whatever it is nowadays to to make the one or act, to make the two or three banners a month that I would need to make. But it's it's so nice to be able to use the same tool sets and to not have to go out and spend that money just to get that functionality. Um, so of course, like like all all things Fedora, it's 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 FOSS first and uh, and hopefully all others never. <laughs> Yeah, and I just just to jump in there, I, I d- just quickly double checked, and yeah, Nuxjs is MIT, and it's Decap CMS. That's what uh, Netlify CMS became, mm-hmm. and that's also MIT license, which is pretty common for for web development licensing. But yeah, all of our tools that we were using. Were... Yeah, be sure to throw your questions in chat. Um, definitely keeps the conversation going, and and uh, keeps keeps our guests on their toes. So what? Uh... So I, I I have one answer to this to this next question, but uh, you know what what's coming up? What's what's new? And, and while you while you formulate your answers, I know one thing that I'm excited about is there's a ticket on uh, on the Fedora GitLab uh, about getting the Fedora podcast moved over to the new sites. 
we we had a WordPress site that fell out of maintenance, and uh, uh, so instead of trying to either fix it or replace it, we're actually going to just move all the Fedora content, uh, Fedora podcast content, over to the Fedora Project website. So that'll be integrated soon. We've got to take it open on that, and uh, so I'm I'm excited to see what uh, podcast at Fedora Project will have uh, here in the near future. Um, and then we had another question come in, and then we'll then we'll jump back to to what's coming up. Um, so, what percentage of contributors were employees uh, in part to work on the new site uh, versus were volunteer contributors? Maybe fifty fifty. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there was a few like there was a few Red Hatters in there. I was on contract and doing an internship with Red Hat at the beginning of when we started actually laying down code. So, at various stages, I was getting paid. Um, but the majority of the web and apps team that was writing the code, I believe, were volunteers. We had, yeah, there was, a, there was, you're right, like 50 50 to 60 40 paid to unpaid contributions hmm. is what That's I'm going to guesstimate that. Hey, sounds good. I, I hear that 67% of all statistics are made up anyway. So there you go. Bingo. <laughs> so, Mo, what's, what's coming up for the, uh, for the websites team? So, one of the efforts that I know is going on, but, I'm not involved with, but Emma is, <laughs> is um, expanding the the content to include spins. And so um, Emma has developed a template for spins. And I know I saw some works in progress. There was discussions about um, Silverblue getting a website, you know, under the same, you know, everything in the nav and using the same templates and everything. Um, I think there were some discussions about Kinoite, but I'm, I'm not following them super closely. But the idea is that any spin that wants could pick up this template and use it and fill in their own content or work with the website and apps team to have it set up for them. And then they could start using the CMS to keep it updated and everything. So that's, mm, nice. that's definitely like the next stage is getting the spins all listed in, in the new format. Yeah, I think from what I understand, too, I'm only going to be just getting back into a connection with the team in the next week or so here. Um, but what I'm really excited to do is work on taking NetNav and building a version of it that can be used on all the apps that it, that it is currently linking to. But right now, it doesn't have anything that's not in it doesn't have access to that navigation flow. So. My goal is to build a low maintenance version of it that can be exported and added to the other apps and sites hmm. uh, without costing anybody more headaches than. <laughs> is that possible, though? <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, it's my 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 personal mission is to make this and make it like work well for others and not like mean that individual teams have to work on main, maintaining it. I really want to hmm. make a version where we maintain it in one place and then everyone just has access to it. So hmm. that's like what I really want to undertake. It's also just seems like a really exciting challenge to me. That's awesome. Um, I mean, the website looks gorgeous. The, the, uh, some of the future plans look amazing. I, uh, selfishly, I cannot wait to see what the podcast site looks like. I saw some, some rough mocks up mock-ups the other day. Um, so that was, that was really great to see. Um, but any, any other thoughts about the, the web properties that we want to, we want to discuss? I mean, we're always open for new contributors. If you um, oh, yes. pop actually, into. Actually pre-show, we had a question about getting, uh, getting involved. Mo, you want to talk about what. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. So we have. Um, process looks like. 
Yeah, there's the websites and apps uh, channel on our Matrix server, which is um, chat.fedoraproject.org. You don't need to have an account on the Fedora Matrix server because it's Matrix. You could just use matrix.org or whatever you have. But yeah, so the websites and apps um, chat is probably the best place to get started. Um, you'll see people talking through, you know, discussions and what, what they're working on. Um, if you want to work on the design, you might also want to join the Fedora design team channel. Um, we usually, if we're talking about Fedora website design, we'll do it in the website channel, but sometimes we'll come back to the Fedora design channel too. If you're in the Fedora design channel, um, and if you'd like an invite to our pen pot so you can access like our, our design assets for the website, you know, we're happy to do that. Um, trying to think, is there anything else I'm, I'm forgetting, Ashlyn, for somebody who's looking to get onboarded? Yeah, I think just showing up at a a meeting or jumping into the chat, either of those are really good ways to to do it. So they're really, really friendly teams. And especially with the amount of growth that they both saw over the past couple of years, I think everyone's pretty good for like chatting with new people and that kind of engagement. So here here's a here's a good question we didn't uh, we didn't put into the into the show notes, but uh, what was your favorite thing to see get left behind from the old site? Uh NA says uh, mine was finally seeing silver blue integrated. A lack of dark mode. We left behind no dark mode. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. I guess I would just say the the subdomain craziness. Mm. Very happy yeah. to leave some of that behind and continue to get rid of all the crazy subdomains that we had. Um, and one thing I will say that I am sad that we left behind, although we left it behind a couple iterations ago, we used to have a really fun... 500 error and 404 error that involved the beefy miracle shooting a panda. <laughs> and it's just, I'm sorry. It's just ridiculous. It was, it was like a little animation. I, I don't, <laughs> we had like a Geiger counter and the Geiger counter had the error code. So it'd say like 404, it would say 500 or whatever. And the hot dog had like an old timey um, 1950s, sci-fi ray gun and he was shooting the panda and the panda was like glowing it was just the most ridiculous thing but it was so funny because you wouldn't expect it and then when you got the error you're like what's this so i feel like about the error yeah like i'm just astounded wow um i think we need more 404 and 500 fun errors you know we need to bring those back let's definitely get some comedy into that side of things and recently, actually, because this is something I've been doing on Podman Desktop, um, I came up with an animation, uh, SVG-based animation, using this tool. It's an open source tool called Klaxanimate, and I might be pronouncing it terrible, sorry, but it is a very nice tool. Um, you can use it to produce LATI files, too, if you're familiar with that format. But we used it to produce like this animation of a little seal riding a rocket that is like a little loader screen animation. And so I feel like this is a good tool that we could use to make really cool looking and very they're they're very um they're well compressed. Like they look great and the file size is really small. So we could use something like that to do a really fun 404 error. Well, that's fabulous. I have that app. I haven't used it now that you've said that. So, so what I'm hearing is, if you're new to design, that that's where you can jump in the the easiest is go in and and uh, and start making error code uh, images that make people laugh and forget that they got an error code. <laughs> yes, and I, I will say the the important thing in design too, which is like the part of design that's not like you can't see it, so maybe you don't know as much about it. It's just coming up with the concepts 
You know, like how do these things fit together? How does the flow go from here to there? Like, yeah, you're not going to have an asset or like a mock-up showing that, but having the concept of how that works is really important. So if somebody can come up with like a really hilarious concept for like, you know, the error message pages, please talk to us. And if you need any help working on the animations or whatever, please contact us. That would be such a fun project. Yeah, definitely. You don't need to know how to design to come up with a cool idea like that. Well, there you go. We just uh, we just created a new initiative right here on the podcast. I love it. That's that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, there's there's another thing I wanted to bring up, and Moe, I chatted with about this with you like really briefly a few weeks ago. Uh, but something I've been getting really interested in is user testing. I actually at the school that I'm at right now, I'm teaching a session on conducting user tests on this upcoming Friday, which is mostly based on the user tests that we did at Flock 2022. Uh, for the navigation in that its first iteration, and then the user tests that we had done on the, the CMS that we were building around September, October, I think we were doing that testing. And so I've been doing a lot of reflecting on the work that we we did at that time, as well as reading the book Rocket Surgery Made Easy by Steve Krug, which is a fabulous book if you're interested in UX design and UX research. And uh, yeah, something that I'm I'm wanting to do for myself, and I feel this would be a really cool thing for Fedora and for people that want to do UX design, is to have like small UX just testing sessions. So maybe once every couple weeks we can get together, and if someone's got something that they want to test, whether it's something you built or it's just something that's inspiring you, we could organize little test sessions and just run them fairly casually with a couple observers and stuff. I think developing a culture of user testing and not having it be this big leviathan of a task that you do close to the end of the project, where you get to learn that there's a whole bunch of core functionalities and features that you made months ago that are going to like totally ruin things for users. It's better to not have a big test at the end and to do smaller tests throughout. But learning how to do that is kind of a challenge. And I think that that's something that we could definitely grow in open source. And it's something that's great because it doesn't require a high technological skill to be able to conduct these tests. So that's something that I'm going to start trying to bring to Fedora in the very new future here, because I think it's super cool and super useful to be able to engage that in the workflow. Someone let Ashlyn know that her scrum master is showing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, that's, that would be awesome to have a, have regular user testing. Um, I know folks that just cannot wait for each releases uh, uh, hack days or, or test days. And uh, and to do something like that with with the UI would be uh, would be really great. I mean, I was I was working with uh, the uh, Red Hat Enterprise Linux Image Builder team right before Summit, and the UI designers had an idea of how someone might use the tool, and it was kind of funny because uh, the project manager and I that were preparing this this talk for Summit came across a couple of usability issues where it's like. Yeah, I can see where you're going with that, but kind of in the in the workflow that a sysadmin would use, maybe we try these things. And so we actually submitted like half a dozen bugs and feature requests before Summit. So, oh so, having, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so I'm sure that the, that the image builder team loved the fact that it's like, hey, we're giving a presentation to talk about your thing, but can you can you fix these things? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's fun when that stuff just sort of surprise comes in. You're like, oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of bittersweet there because it's like, oh, yes, this will make the tool better. But, oh, I was not expecting this pile of work. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's where it's better to get it in sooner. Oh, for sure, for sure. Better than uh, than after a huge project has gone through uh, months of development and planning and testing, only to go, oh, wait, the premise that we started working off of, not not going to work. Yeah, well, and with the website now, that was something that we hit, and I'm so grateful that we did that testing in uh, at Flock because we initially had this concept of a, a nav bar system that was... Um, I took some inspiration from the a context why I described it as a context-based navigation system that I saw being used um, by Microsoft. Uh, so depending on which area, whether you're dealing with stuff like their video game stuff with Xbox or Office 365, there are these different contexts and the main nav changes. And you have access to a hero nav that gets you back to a global level. And so mm. because at the time we were really realizing about how many apps and sites and how disparaged Fedora's ecosystem was across the web. Um, we had thought that that kind of a system might be good for keeping a, um, the user sort of focused on where they need to be. You know, we were taking some inspiration from GNOME with that, uh, without over and not overcrowding them, giving them the information that's necessary, but still giving them a way out. So we put a lot of our early development and design time into figuring out what that was going to function like. And when we tested it, the uh, aspects related to those contexts ended up causing more questions than anything else did. And so we had to scrap that entire system, which was good because like, yeah, the the system that we ended up going with, which uh, takes a lot of emulation from, uh, I think the IBM's nav was one of the main points of inspiration there. Um, It was once we came up with that system, the the organizing the labels and how the different sites were and pages were going to be grouped which uh, if you look at the nav bar, you'll see like contributor, um, community, and some of those major headings. Those came out of that context-based approach, but by layering them and hiding them, uh, some of the power from the system kind of fell apart and that we were able to evolve it into this newer system. Um, And I'm, I'm really grateful that we did that testing because in that first phase, we were able to figure out some terms that worked, but in the second phase, we were figuring out we were able to figure out how to actually use them so people wouldn't hate navigating our site. Well, I think we've exhausted uh, the questions in uh, uh, in our chats, but uh, any, Mo, any closing thoughts? And then Ashlyn, you as well. Well, let me think. I mean, I just, I think it was an amazing open source team effort. I mean, we had Red Hatters, we had... Um, community members, we had volunteers, we had folks who were seasoned, experienced developers. We had people who were completely new and learning. Um, it was a really good mix of folks working on this and, and you know, seeing it launch and go live was just a huge thrill for me for, personally. Hmm. So um, I just I love the energy that everybody brings to it. And I also love just the, the commitment to being open doing things upstream to doing things the open source way Hmm, love it ashlyn how about you for sure yeah i remember earlier on in the process with uh, some of our posts when we were uh, when we were debating which framework and which tools we were going to use to do the site in and there was a lot of flack and a lot of like negativity that we were seeing coming through and which was good like we we took that feedback and we like worked with it a bit and um I think we led to a really good place, but watching the shift even on Reddit go from like 
some of the the I think it was kind of unnecessary, but the slagging to being like the really excited, positive. Okay, the change is good. We're liking this and seeing that that evolution of the feedback. Once we like were able to start building, getting this vision, seeing through, that was a really exciting thing for me too. Like the launch as mm-hmm. well, but just watching in real time, like people's opinions of what we're doing, going from oh no, not another JavaScript framework, something, to being like. <laughs> What was that? I saw a comment from, I think, the Manjaro team or someone related to Manjaro's. I think it was them saying that we're like now the website to beat. It's yes. going to make you feel good. And, and like the day Fedora Linux 38 dropped along with the new web properties, uh, I saw a comment. I don't remember if it was in chat or out on the Fedora discussions page or what it was. But uh, someone said, wait, did the did the website change? I went to go download the ISO and it looks completely different. This looks awesome. <laughs> Surprise. Right. <laughs> so if um So there's something that was involved in that that I wanted to point out. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to go ahead. Point out that, um, there's like a little set of rules that the project came up with. We call it the fun program of loss. And um it's a bit uh, snarky, maybe, but it's kind of funny too, because that's some of the pushback that we got fits into a lot of the categories. But it's one of those things that if you stick it through and you follow through, then, you know, sometimes you get a positive result. So when Ashlyn was explaining how that was going, I was just thinking, yeah, the fundamental theorem at work. <laughs> totally. Well, and if, if it's not snarky, does it really have anywhere in, in technology? Yeah. Most, Dude, most of my work fast. is snarky. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so definitely, yeah, yeah, heard uh, heard a little bit of audio scrambling, but it seems to be better now. Uh, but uh, definitely uh, check out the new website if you haven't yet. Do some uh, do some navigation. Feel free to jump on to uh, the Matrix channel or to the Matrix. Um, I guess it's a server. Uh, Everybody calls their thing something different, but uh, hop onto the Matrix server, join uh, some of the channels, get involved in the conversation. If you have ideas or if you have uh, some some concepts, definitely jump into the design channels. We'll have links to a lot of this in the show notes. But uh, other than that, uh, <coughs> really appreciate you both uh, jumping in and uh, and uh, letting me uh, uh, pick your brains for for about an hour or so. But uh, this this was a great conversation. Really looking forward to. Uh, to the next one, which speaking of, will be live again in two weeks, same place, same time. Um, don't ask me what the topic is because uh, we had a topic lined up and then we pushed that one off a little bit to, to line up with some, some product announcements from one of our partners, but uh, such as the life of, of live streams. But we'll have a really awesome topic here in two weeks. Uh, if not, I'll drag Mo on here to, uh, to play the fiddle for us. So let's hopefully find, uh, let's hopefully find a, a topic there. But uh, thank you for joining us. This was episode 25 of the Fedora, Prod- uh, Fedora Podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for links and additional resources pertaining to this episode. And on behalf of Mo, Ashlyn, uh, my guest today, and myself, Eric the IT Guy Hendricks, thank you all for joining us. And, and of course, on behalf of the entire Fro- uh, Fedora Project community, we will see you next time.